Hello and welcome to the Treasured Page. I'm Melanie and this is our Quiet Crafting Space. This is episode 30 and the last one in series 1. We're going to be going over to series 2 and that will be happening from next week and we will be embarking on some more springtime crafts, certainly from here in the UK. And I'm in my craft room today, but I want to do a roundup of all the things that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks and months. And it has been an incredible journey to have this podcast going. So I am going to continue it. I'm going to move into my next season or series and we're going to be discussing more in-depth things and certainly topics and things that I'm doing in conjunction with the YouTube channel. So you'll have more behind the scenes ideas of what's going on to help you understand what you're seeing on the YouTube. And we'll also embark in some more stories and readings and things like that over here on the podcast. But let's do a roundup. So season one has seen us getting involved. This is aimed more for people that have only just stumbled upon junk journaling and trying to fathom out what it's all about because it's such an exciting topic when you're first getting that interest. So why? Why do I want a junk journal? No, why wouldn't you want a junk journal? Because it's for you. It's something that you are creating it it's a place where you can make mistakes and those mistakes be absolutely fine. It's probably one of the only crafts that you can do and feel completely safe to to actively make those mistakes, to go out of your way to create a mess or a mistake or something that you would normally deem, uh-uh, I'm not sure if this is the right thing. Yes, it's the right thing because you are going to use those mistakes. You're going to look at them and you're going to enhance them until you feel good about it. And that helps you as a person outside of the artwork. That makes you feel wonderful. You've put something on the paper like a big splodge. It looks like a hot mess, but you keep going. You keep working at it and then you change it to something worthwhile, worth your time and ultimately a treasured page, something that you will keep forever. And you think, I overcome that. I could have given up. I could have torn it up, screwed it up, threw it away. But I didn't. I looked at it. I persevered. I worked through it. I took out another supply. I looked at my stamps. I looked at my ink. I looked at my fussy cuts or my stickers or another bit of decorative paper. And I made a really positive decision on how I was going to enhance it. And by adding that stamp or by applying a little bit of colour or adding a strip of extra paper, you changed it again and then you changed it again and again and again until you looked at it and you thought, oh, I see it now. That isn't supposed to be a picture. That's going to be an envelope. All I need to do is a fold here, a tuck there. And that now looks incredible. That looked like something I could sell because I've worked at it. And not only that, I've learnt. I've learnt how I like to make the paper coloured in a certain way. I, I was so busy concentrating on trying to rectify the mistake 
that I forgot to look down and realise what I had done was the most innovative, creative (laughs) solution to what could have otherwise been a big problem. It is actually that that we're looking for in any kind of art, but mainly this because you're already dealing with something that has been deemed rubbish and no good in the first place. It's fit for the bin. So you've got to try and pull it from the bin and create it to something really exciting. And that's amazing if you can do that. That's the challenge, isn't it? And it doesn't happen overnight. You can't do it. You can't just wake up and go, oh, I know how exactly to make a piece of Amazon packaging work for me in some flip flap folded awesome angel winged creation that is going to take me (laughs) to another space and time. No, it happens slowly, carefully, and it happens with a little bit of effort, definitely some patience, but ultimately through play, through having fun. And that's why we're here to relax and we're here to have fun and we're here to explore. So we're finding things, we're seeking them out and we are exploring. And that is exactly what I promote here at the Treasured Page. We are finding, we're looking, we're finding the information, we're finding out about techniques, we're learning, we're educating ourselves in a new skill. And we're creative people because you you might have already done lots of different crafts, but nothing's really scraped the surface as much as this that's got under your skin enough for you to want to keep coming back and find out everything you can, every detail on learning how to do it. And it, 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 the thing is, there's not really a great deal to learn because it's coming from you. It's your groove, what works for you, how you feel about things and what you like. So it's personal and there isn't anything you can learn off somebody else. Well, there's a few techniques on how to glue properly and what glue stick might work for you. But how you want to have your journals is so personal um, and there are people doing it differently and I know two journals are alike. I haven't made two journals alike. I wouldn't want to. They're all individual and they all come from a different part of my personality and apparently <laughs> that's extensive. So it when you look at your journals, you think, oh, OK, well, this one was a bit dark and moody. But we were going through lockdown and that was a difficult time. And then you look at another one. This is all oh, this is lovely. This is very vintagey. That's an interesting part of me that I that I wasn't um, familiar with. And it's exploring you. You're finding out about you the whole time, which is wonderful. And you're also making these things for your friends and your family at the same time and In doing so, you're using different materials than you may pick yourself and provided that you're happy working in those colour tones or those textures, then that's fine. It's quite fun to work in a younger journal, giving it to a younger member of your family and thinking, oh, I think they'll really enjoy that. And particularly if you're picking out their favourite colours and then you're focusing in on that person, on that project for a period of time 
that gives you that connection with them. Even if they're not with you, you're still thinking about them. And that's healthy as well. So there's nothing unhealthy about journaling apart from maybe spending too much time and that taking you away from your family. So just have a balance there and make sure that you're doing just the right amount of crafting and also living at the same time, then coming back and journaling about it. But yeah, new, learning new skills is exciting. And I think junk journaling encompasses so many different crafts and different textures and techniques that you can put in a book. It's literally anything that you could think of. So you can have sewing, you can have yarn, you can have knitted bits, woven bits, you can have plaited things, you can have jewellery, you can have paper craft, glue booking, uh, anything, anything. But ultimately, we are recycling things that would otherwise be thrown away. That's what we've been up to. So if you're still listening to this podcast after the 29 episodes before, and if you're still finding fun and value within my ramblings, then I applaud you and you are definitely a friend of mine. So thank you so much for listening along to all of this. And make sure that you've got your quiet crafting space. Make sure that you are thinking seriously about a good storage system. Because if you're just starting out and you think that you haven't got enough papers and you haven't got enough supplies, oh, that will change. And that will change so quickly. And within less than a year, you will find that you have a lot of stuff. And it is now that you get your storage systems in place. So make sure you've got a nice tidy basket or box or tray for all your interesting papers. That's a really good one. We have we collect a lot of interesting papers. So from now on, if you're just gone, right, I'm in, I'm doing junk journaling. It's absolutely brilliant. I really f see that this is going places. From now on, you will be looking at papers in a completely different light from the chip paper to the packaging paper from moving boxes, from newspaper articles, from the junk mail that comes through the door. The backing cards of things that you are sent, you ticket, everything, everything that is made of paper will now come under your eye of, hmm, this could be a crafting thing or, ooh, I could do that. And, oh, that's amazing. Look at that. Look at the texture. Look at the pattern. Tissue paper, wrapping paper. You know, you've got that birthday coming up. Beware. <laughs> You're going to struggle with throwing that paper away now because you think, oh, this could be the front cover of a new journal. Yep, yep, yes, it could. But maybe you don't need all of it. Maybe take a good sample of it and um, cut away ragged edges and uh, and be discerning. That's all I say. Just be discerning because everything coming through your door now is going to be scrutinized and you can quickly have a problem. And if you get that problem where you are surrounded by stuff and you cannot move, you need to put it in boxes and get it out of your craft room momentarily. Just get it out in these boxes, clear it out and look at your storage solutions and think, right, I've got way too much stuff 
and don't think that you haven't got enough storage it's always you've got way too much stuff not enough storage you've got plenty of storage because you decided you had enough room when you started so therefore your quiet crafting space is ample and fine i've i operate from a table one small table and everything is surrounding me i have a wardrobe behind me and it has some of those plastic drawers, those storage drawers, and they are excellent. And it's all shut away in a cupboard or a wardrobe. And I've got um, an IKEA shelving unit, which has got books on it and the storage tidy bin type stackable boxes that you get from IKEA. And that's really it. Then, then everything else is coming from what I call another craft, which is my sewing and my quilting and things that I've done before so yarns and wools and crocheting things like that were already here anyway so moving in the paper craft it's taken a lot but then I had to move things out crafts that I wasn't doing as much so things to do with quilting I've stored those away they they have gone upstairs and everything else is now here for the current things that I'm into and um, yeah I've been I've been doing this now for three nearly four years this is my fourth year of proper full-on junk journaling and I am not getting bored because there's nothing to get bored from because it's my life and I'm talking about it through my journaling but I'm also using all of the things that I love and if something new comes along a new technique or a new new idea it all ends up going into one of these books as a as an idea and I keep that in there as an idea but so I'm not going to get bored so that's why building the quiet crafting space as I call them your special zone where you can go make sure that you're happy with it to begin with and then be very very careful that you're not overloading yourself because that will stifle your creativity it has done to me quite recently um twice it's happened now and it is all down to being overwhelmed by the too much stuff and i think when you look at the junk mail coming through some of that cardboard can be quite thick so save some of the thinner cardboard but don't save it all because it's coming through daily and you will never craft your way through it unless you're an absolute machine doing it from five in the morning through to ten o'clock at night and even then you might not want to be using all of that there might be other things you want to be doing like sewing or slow stitching or something else so don't worry too much about saving it all because there's always going to be the junk mail that we can get our hands on uh, so what you should be saving is the unusual papers the papers that you don't see very often the papers that sometimes come in chocolate boxes that uh, that maybe sweep over the top of the chocolates like that nice tissue papers or things like that there's lots of little things that you can look out for that are really unusual and those are the things that you want to save so have a basket for your and call them speciality papers that's really fun and then you'll find that you've got um, some really really interesting things so over the course of a year you'll have this this wonderful stash of really fabulous papers and 
just taking a tiny cut of some of those papers and bring it into your scrap tray if you want, you will then be introducing the most amazing and interesting collection of papers for free because you will be collecting them as you go. You'll find them in tissue papers, packaging papers. Just keep an eye out for when you're going out and about. Um, and, it, and you'll be you'll sort of you'll have this moment where you go to a friend's house and you'll see them casually throw something away and you think oh I can't believe she throws that <laughs> all that lovely interesting paper that came off that florist packaging that that bouquet of flowers that she got for her birthday and she's just casually tossed it in the bin <laughs> what a waste yeah those moments <laughs> and um and then you've got to sort of, oh, oh, I'm doing a bit of an art project. Would you mind if I have that? And they look at you like you're completely, completely lost it. Don't, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yes, help yourself. Uh, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> everything all right? Yes, everything's amazing. I just um, am more interested in what's in your bin than, <laughs> than looking at your new... <laughs> sofa or something so yeah those those are those are new little quirks that you will encounter now you'll be looking at every everything as a possible material to use and a supply for your craft room and it's very easy to go out to some of the junk shops than the charity shops and come back with another bag and what's in the bag is at the time the most amazing find you've found vintage this and vintage that and it's all incredibly exciting and then what you realize is actually you do not need quite as much as you may have got your hands on and whilst that's brilliant make sure you store it properly and don't have it lying around the craft room just go okay that's fine I know that I've got that I've got loads of books they're all brilliant but I'm not going to get through them in in any normal setting unless I'm going to start some sort of a business and even then I probably won't so just be mindful of that you can very quickly overload yourself one atlas bought is then going to be lots and lots of pages that you've got to do something with and you'll get fed up you'll get fed up of of crafting with atlas pages so you there's only so much you need and then if you get involved in a swap, it's wonderful to pass those around. And then you're swapping your interesting papers with others and we're sharing it. That's that's lovely. That's really, really nice because everybody finds something different. Um, and that's part of the fun of it, too. So if you can uh, get involved in a swap or some of these junk journaling groups and find friends, particularly if you come from a similar place or a same country or particular county that you could easily without much postal cost swaps and papers that's wonderful that's a really great uh, place to get some fantastic things that uh, that you haven't even considered and you think, oh my goodness look at this oh you get love oh the things that I've been sent from some of my junk journaling uh, ladies that I've met up with some from overseas and the wonderful girls that are in the UK and the group that we have going at the moment and 10 of us have been swapping this last year and honestly the things that have been sent from from me to them as well have just been so generous and so wonderful and 
really has given us a wonderful bank of things to craft from. So that is so lovely if you can find some friends to do that with. But they're not going to be friends initially. They they become your friends as you journal with them and and uh, help them. It's absolutely excellent. So. And I would thoroughly encourage anybody to come and join the Facebook Treasured Page group. That's the Treasured Page FB group over on Facebook because we are going to be having a look at swaps and things in the future, particularly if you're in the UK. We've got one going at the moment that you can join. So come and have a look at that. Get some ideas there. And if you receive things from friends and family and swap partners and things that you might get involved with, just have a look at what they've sent you and make sure... You either put it away into the certain areas where you are storing things. So if they've given you trim, you put it away in a box for trim. If they've sent you fabric, put it with your fabric. What I've done is I've kept it in that package from that person with the idea that I want to do a journal page using only what they've given me. And that's great to a point but I've then got to make sure that I do that quite quickly. Otherwise, it sits there and it um, becomes a mounting task, like a much bigger task than it ever should have been. So I'm tackling that this year with a new swap and a new uh, ongoing journal. So the journal is being built as the things are coming in and we're going to be doing that within the swaps. So that's really good a swap management if you're getting involved in any swap partners. But that's all to come. So we're going to have something like that for international members over on the YouTube as well. There'll be an opportunity to join the Facebook page if you are familiar with that social media platform to be able to uh, hook up and meet other like minded fellow crafting friends so do have a little look over there so finding things in charity shops is is lovely and it's a very very cost effective way of doing things but you will come home with a lot of stuff that you then perhaps are not quite sure what to do you think that they're great and they are great um, but they're not great right now there's something that you will then work out what to do with it at a later date well that's what you think anyway so those so those things are something that you just be a bit careful of that you don't get too overwhelmed with all the stuff if you go out with the intention to look for um, vintage fabrics or vintage lace or trim or something sparkly or something that you can use down the edge of your pages elastic all those kind of things you're not going to go and get it necessarily. When you junk shop, find you find the things that you find and then you think, oh, that would be useful. Uh, you don't necessarily find the thing you really were hoping to find. So it can be a little bit like you've spent money and you've brought back things that you didn't actually want or need but they are useful and they're great and, and in many cases you find something brilliant and that's lovely and that's the thrill of the chase and the bargain hunt and I, I can't take that away from you because I am the same. <laughs> but what I what another way of doing things as well is you've you've ultimately gone out, you've spent some money which you perhaps weren't you know you weren't intending to spend that money on that item because you didn't know it existed. So therefore you have parted with money and you've still not solved your problem of um, you've got no vintage lace and you've got no elastic. So if you want those two items, 
the nicest, the easiest, the best way to do it is to have a look on Etsy or eBay. But Etsy is very good because that is already an artistic crafting type who knows exactly what you would be wanting. They have got a good eye for these things and they've already found it so there is that you could go to an Etsy seller knowing that they're a like-minded crafting person and they have really really lovingly found that item that would support what you're trying to achieve and that might be um a more cost effective way of doing it because you're not then going out and spending additional money finding the things that oh this could be useful well it could be but it also might not be so maybe going directly to an Etsy shop seller and helping support them uh, and actually getting the thing that you know is going to make your project work that could be a better way of doing things. Lots of wonderful lace and trim and bits and pieces over on Etsy from fellow junk journalers. And um, that's obviously a way forward for you as well. If you find that you've got so much in your home that you don't know what to do with it, you could, of course, try and sell a few bits over on Etsy or Kofi or Coffee Shop. And those things are all an option for you as well. So there we go. I hope that these are some inspirational little ideas for you. And thank you so much for listening to everything from this series so far. And I hope you have fun planning your very next project with all the relevant things around you raring to go with lots of ideas and lots of little bits and bobs that you can add to your journaling project without spending too much money try and make sure it counts by sourcing it out and getting the exact thing target that supply that you need and then you'll be able to go forth with all the all of the ideas that you have and don't let a, the lack of the supply stop you because there's always other things that you could use okay guys so thank you very much for listening and above everything else just slow down and make crafting time for you bye bye now mm-hmm.